episode number 40. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. I have a great story to share with you, as promised from last week's episode. But before I do, I just want to invite you to pop over to my website. There have been some minor changes to the website, one of which is a small gift for you. It is a PDF of the Getting Unstuck Guide. I decided to create this guide after a podcast listener wrote to me saying that it would be really helpful to her to have a visual so that she can hang it in her house and at work to remind her not only to get unstuck, but to remember what the steps are. And so I created it. And I totally get it. I totally understand how visuals can and do help, especially when our minds are wired to think in habits and patterns. And the work of getting unstuck is really about breaking up those habits and patterns that our minds create. So please grab your guide, download it, print it, and hang it in a visible place to support your practice of getting unstuck. Because that's what this is all about, right? Practice. Okay, so let's get into the story for today. I mentioned in last week's episode that my family and I went on a two-day vacation to the Dead Sea. We weren't alone. We actually joined up with an organized group from Jerusalem. And the way the rooms worked was there was a maximum of five people to a room. And since we are six people in my family, and because one of my friends from my community joined us, we had to take two rooms. So to make a long story short, my husband and I split up for the night, which was totally fine, and neither of us had a problem with that. And having little space from each other once in a while is always a good and healthy thing, right? So anyway, before we went to sleep that night, my husband and I briefly spoke about our plans for the morning. I told him I was planning to go for a walk, and then I was planning to go to prayer services. He told me that he was going to go for a run. Now, the kids are old enough to occupy themselves at this age, so that wasn't a concern for either of us. So that morning, the sun was shining. It was a gorgeous day, and after a little bit of yoga, I put on my sneakers to go for a walk on an old road that runs along the coast of the Dead Sea. It was so beautiful. This isn't really part of the story, but I'm just saying it was so beautiful. I saw tons of salt rocks and I saw Jordan on the other side of the Dead Sea. And it was a crystal clear day and it was just a wonderful morning. And about midway through my walk, I decided to just sit down and face the water and take a stop and take in the scenery. And I did a little bit of prayer and Hebrew chanting from the CD that I just created. And it was just awesome. And then I looked at my watch and I noticed it was 8.20 and I really wanted to get back to take a shower and eat before services. 
So I did. I walked back. I took a shower. And I went to the dining hall for breakfast, which was open between 7 and 10 o'clock. I walked over to the buffet table. I filled up my plate with vegetables because that's what Israelis eat for breakfast, which I love. And then I turned to walk over towards the tables that were designated for our group. I was kind of looking around to see if I knew anyone since I really didn't know most of the people on the group. And I was already considering that I would just sit by myself, which also would have been totally fine. But guess who I saw? I saw my husband. I saw actually the back of him. And I saw that he was sitting with another couple that I didn't know. And in that instant, I was like, huh? My husband, who is like such a non-social person, he's sitting with people he doesn't know. And he's sitting with people he doesn't know without me. I can't believe him. Why would he do that? Doesn't he want to hang out with me? Doesn't he care about me? So before I go on, can you just see how my brain works? (laughs) And by the way, this is not any different from how your brain works. I mean, maybe you wouldn't have thought the same exact thoughts that I did in that moment, but your brain thinks in habits and in patterns, and so does mine. This scenario was new, but my reaction was familiar. I was blaming my husband even before I had a chance to wish him a good morning. This is the work, my friends, that we are doing. We are practicing to get unstuck, not only to feel better, but to really learn how our minds are working. Because once we learn how our minds work, we can learn how to manage our minds. And once we can learn how to manage our minds, the world is open to every single possibility that you can imagine, including love and happiness and inner peace. I've been doing this work for enough time that I typically know to catch myself before I get too stuck and before I do or say something that I will later regret. And in that moment, I caught myself. I totally knew I was stuck. So I went right to the method. S, stop. I closed my eyes. I took a deep breath. T, I told myself I was stuck on disappointment and sadness. I held my plate in my hand and I just stared at the back of my husband and allowed myself to feel those uncomfortable feelings. You, I uncovered my beliefs. This is what I said to myself. I believe my husband should have invited me to breakfast with him. And then I investigated that thought. Really, Shira? Did you agree upon that? And of course, no, we didn't. I believe my husband is rude for eating without me. Really? (laughs) Why? Again, we had no plans together, so why was he being rude? I believe my husband doesn't even want to eat breakfast with me. Again, I asked myself, is that 100% true? How do I know that for sure? I don't. I have no basis for that belief. So see, I considered that Maybe he came to my room to invite me for breakfast and I wasn't there. Maybe I was on my walk. I considered good for him. 
for being social and for sitting with people that he doesn't know. He typically wouldn't do that without me. I considered there really was no problem here. He seems happy. It's a gorgeous day. I just went on an awesome walk. My kids are occupied. Everything is great. There is no problem. And I considered, oh, well, meaning, oh, well, he's eating. He seems happy. Like, there's really nothing to do. I mean, there is something I could have done, right? I could have expressed my disappointment or unhappiness, or I could have just considered, oh, well, and be happy. Like, I was a moment before I saw him. And that's what I chose. Oh, well. I have no control over my husband, but I do have complete control over me. So I walked over to that table with a huge smile on my face. I kissed my husband. I wished him a good morning. I asked him how his run was. It was awful, by the way. He said he didn't run great because he was injured. And I was introduced to this lovely couple from Jerusalem. My husband was done eating, but he stayed just to chat and I'm assuming to keep me company. And it was a lovely, lovely breakfast. And while we were eating, I I told myself it was okay that I got stuck on anger and disappointment in the first place. My friends, there is so much in this world that we have no control over. How other people act, how they speak, what they say, what they don't say, how they eat, how they dress, what they do in public. We have no control over that. I mean, we can try to have control over that and we can give our opinions. We can try to make rules for people. We can try to change them. But don't forget, we truly have no control over them, nor do we really want to have control over them. Isn't it enough work for us to try to control ourselves and our own minds and our own behaviors and our own speech? Isn't that enough work? I mean, for me, it is. If I were in this situation, let's say three to four years ago, before I started this work, the result would have been dramatically different. I would have gone over to that table. I would have nagged my husband. I would have parented him. I probably would have even cried in front of that couple but I didn't. I did none of that. And you know what? He has no clue that I even did any of this work in those brief moments, but that's okay. He does not need to know. It really doesn't matter. I took responsibility to do the work I needed to do to be happy, not only with him, but with myself. You know what's really interesting about this work? If you take away all the layers of thinking you do, or let's just use my situation as the example. If you take away all the layers of thought I had in that moment, you can see how everything was essentially fine, right? There was no problem. Can you see that? The problem was all in my head. I was creating it. And by getting unstuck, I saved the moment and that weekend and potentially a very embarrassing moment It's about one stuck moment at a time. This is called evolution, my friends, like an emotional evolution or emotional maturity. 
This story totally could have panned out differently. But because of the practice I do on myself every single day, I saved the moment. I mean, I don't need a pat on the back or anything. And again, my husband won't even know I did this work unless he listens to this episode. All I'm saying is that change is possible. And I'm not talking about changing someone else, but rather changing yourself. Our minds innocently go into thinking patterns that we've held for years. Innocently, they go to the negative. Yet I don't even see myself as a negative person. I actually see myself as a genuinely happy person. I'm excited about life. I love taking on projects. I love creating. And yet, looking at what happened as an outsider... I can see how I sometimes easily slip into negativity without realizing it. But with practice, you can catch your mind and manage it and choose otherwise. This is the work we are doing, my friends. It's about responsibility. It's about self-care. It's about caring for our relationships. It's about our emotional health and well-being. So, Here's what I would like to encourage you to consider today and for the rest of the week. Can you consider, oh well, as in whatever happened already happened and it's in the past and you don't have control over what happened. Oh well, move on. If you weren't stuck in whatever place you may be stuck in, you may very well likely just be happy right? If you take away all the layers of thought about whatever happened already, what's left? This moment, which is where joy and happiness live. It's exactly what happened to me. Can you consider that? And remember, please download the Getting Unstuck Guide hang it on your fridge, post it at work or at home or on the bathroom mirror, whatever, wherever. Use it as a reminder to get yourself unstuck whenever you may need to. Okay, my dear friends, this is it for this week. I wish you a great rest of your day. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.